Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I am honored and appreciative of your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they may fall into one or more of four different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build their businesses. And then, of course, on the other side of that spectrum, we have the do-it-yourselfers who have your own hands on the marketing levers and just love being hands-on with growing your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Also, we add a new episode every single week, so you'll have plenty of content and plenty of great business-building strategy to help you along. Now, one of the most popular topics on the Business Creators Radio Show, and we've had a few different guests on this topic, uh, very much the top echelon of teachers in the public speaking industry is public speaking. How to use public speaking to become a client magnet and how to get clients in cash with speaking. We're a little bit beyond, as far as I can see, in most cases, the idea where you get up on stage, you say a few things, and people rush to the back of the room. And we're a little bit beyond the age of the pitch fest, in my personal opinion. However, public speaking is to me, one of the greatest ways to build your brand, grow your business, and gain new clients. I myself can get in front of a room, even when I'm under a strict no-pitching role, and walk away with three or four customers. There is a science to it. There is an art to it. And to help us with that today, I'm bringing on board Alyssa Rushton, who's the creator of Get Clients with Speaking. That's a system, the Get Clients with Speaking system. She's going to share with us her pointers for using speaking to become a cash magnet. Now, just to tell you a little bit about Alyssa, she's an award-winning coach, motivational speaker, owner of Magnetic Messengers Academy, and creator of the Get Clients with Speaking Systems I mentioned a second ago. She's here today to shake up the way you think about your voice, your message, your business, and she will inspire you to use speaking to get more clients in cash. Are you ready to roll? Hey, I'm ready to roll. Woo-hoo. Yes, I love your enthusiasm. This is going to be a very exciting interview. It's going to be fast-paced. And we're going to cover a lot of ground. But before we do that, what I like to do for all of our guests who come on the Business Creators Radio Show is take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have yet heard of you or had a chance to get to know you uh, a little bit of background in terms of where you come from and where your passion derives. So just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me here today. I couldn't be more excited. My so pleasure. I start, yeah, thank you. So I actually started out on stage as a little kid. I found myself on stage with Billy Graham at one point doing a solo. And I then just had this passion for being on stage and public speaking. And I wound up being a corporate sales trainer and presentation skills coach for a Fortune 500 company who later went on to be a Fortune 100 company. And I loved that job. It was so great. And I got to do my passion, which is teaching others how to sell and how to create great presentations. But I got really sick, and I had to leave the corporate world. 
And in that time, I had to get myself better. And so I ended up becoming a health coach. And I actually started out as a health coach. And I really liked it. But, you know, I knew that there was something missing. And I, in fact, used speaking to create a really successful health coaching business. But there was some calling really deep inside of me. And that made me create Magnetic Messengers Academy, where, you know, I now get to blend my love of coaching with my love of teaching people how to become a powerfully skilled communicators and presenters so that they can connect with their audience and drive home their message and just really get clients lining up to work with them. Great. And as far as um, being sick, I think I got kind of myself got sick of the corporate world, which is why I jumped. And I know that's a sentiment on behalf of a lot of our listeners here. And I know that those of our listeners who are of the corporate side, and we do have a number of corporate warriors and people who own what they view as a corporate type of company. They want to have a business that's exciting, a business that's, that's fun, that makes people healthy, that makes people wealthy, that brings people alive. And that's one of the passions of why I host the Business Creators Radio Show is because I want to help not only the entrepreneurs, but also the corporate side to have a career, have a business that's exciting, that's fun, that helps people deliver their gifts and bring their brilliance to the world. Now, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that any guest expert tells them to do, except for time and money. Now, this is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show, and what I like about it is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of different ways the question is interpreted. So, Alyssa, how do time and money play a role or have an impact on what you're going to share with us today? Mm, well, first of all, I can totally relate to that question because I hear it a lot with my clients. And, you know, it seems that small business owners sometimes, and, and even corporate business owners, can end up feeling powerless to create massive amounts of income in their business at times. Right. Which is, just, right? which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about showing entrepreneurs how to use speaking <clears throat> excuse me, to create that steady stream of clients and cash. Because, you know, one of the things I know is that if you're short on money and you're short on time, if you have got a solid signature talk that you can just go out there and rock whenever you need to, you don't have to have a whole lot of time. And the beauty about speaking is you don't have to have any money to execute the strategy. Right. You know, un right? Like, unlike having doing something on the Internet or Facebook advertising, all of those things that I love, you know, with speaking, you don't have to have any cash to play. You can just right. go out, book some talks, and make massive amounts of cash in your business. Absolutely. Now, what I want to clarify before we get into this, and I know you have a ton of information you're going to share with us today, so I advise everybody to get out your pen and paper. This is going to be a good one. Uh, they're all great, but I definitely want you to get out your pen and paper on this one because this is, as Alyssa mentioned, your potential no money type strategy in terms of the barrier to entry to get in. Are we going to be talking about public speaking on stages exclusively, or are we also going to be talking about online speaking? Because when we think of speaking these days, some folks connotate that to include things like webinars, podcasts, and hangouts. I'm so glad you asked. To me, speaking encompasses all of that. Right. You know, when I work with a client, either one-on-one -on -one or in groups, 
I believe that speaking is a strategy that can be implemented almost everywhere. So in person, on webinars, on podcasts, on teleseminars, I mean, you name it, there is such a number of places where you can use this strategy. And, you know, we're going to talk about this more, but I would encourage everyone to have sort of one signature talk that you use on all of those platforms. Right. And that's and that's and I'm so glad that you answered the question the way you did. There was no way you could have answered that incorrectly because if we were here to just to talk about speaking on stage, that's a hot topic. If we were here to talk about how to sell through webinars and teleseminars, that's a hot topic. If we were talking about how to get more out of hangouts, that's a hot topic. And what we're going to discover as we go through the next several minutes here is that not only does public speaking encompass all of these things, but many of the skills you learn in one of these areas cross over to some of the other areas. So I'm so glad you answered that the way you did. Although, as I said, no matter which way you answered the question, you'd have been absolutely correct. So let's start at the very top. How does one use speaking to get clients and generate more revenue in their business? Let's start very general and work our way in. Okay. So it's really interesting. There's a strategy to this. And if you don't, it's like everything else. If you don't have a strategy, if you just go out there and do what I did at the beginning, um, you're, you're not going to be successful. And I'll just paint this picture. Because I was a speaker, I thought, well, I'll just go out and give a bunch of talks. I'll just create a bunch of talks, and I'll go out, and I'll give these talks. Well, I, would, I was really good at it, and so people would ask me, hey, would you do a talk on this topic? And would you do a talk on this topic? And would you do a talk about this? Well, I was doing all of these different talks, and I was creating all of them, and at the end of the year, I was burnt out and stressed out because I was creating a new talk every couple of weeks. So right. The first thing I want you to hear is you have to have a strategy, and that strategy is have at least you know, one to start with, signature talk that you can use in a variety of different places and that the signature talk is really leading people in. So, for example, um, you know, when you think about creating the strategy, you want to think about where you're leading people. So if you have a product, your signature talk wants to talk a little bit about that product and get them geared up and excited for that. If you have, let's say, a coaching program, your signature talk wants to talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the steps in your coaching program. Right. So you want to have a signature talk that's focused, laser focused in on where you're leading people. And so your strategy is have the signature talk, have a nice free gift that people will sign up for. So if you're giving a talk live, you can pass around a sheet or have a sign-up form that gets people signed up on your list for that free gift because part of doing talks is adding people to your list. And then having that easy yes offer, that first offer that's so easy and delicious that people cannot help but say, yes, please sign me up. Right. Right. And then having some other layers in your business, maybe it's a group program, maybe you do one-on-one coaching, maybe it's a VIP day, maybe it's a higher-end product, there's a funnel model for every business out there, but it's, as you can see, you know, you're really laser focused with this signature talk and it all leads into the target of where you're leading people. Right. 
Right, and I think that's also very critical for people to realize because I see public speakers fall into this all the time where they make a big deal about how they will highly customize their presentation to the needs of your audience where I have found personally, and feel free to disagree with me. You don't have to follow my group think here, uh, Alyssa, but my experience <laughs> has been the more I show up at their door with my presentations ready to go, the more likely I am to get booked and the more likely they are to adapt their message to mine. It's kind of ironic how that works. So when I show up and I'm ready to do a presentation, um, I'll have my slides, I'll have my, uh, if it's an interview format, I'll have my suggested questions, I'll have my bio, I'll have all of it ready to go. So they don't even have to go back and forth with me. It's just, uh, you know, I'll just get a sense of what it is that they, you know, who their audience is, what their audience is looking for, where the gap is that I'm filling. And I have maybe three main presentations and I just pick one. You know what? You nailed it. And I'm going to get into some mistakes that presenters make in their talk that kills their talk. But what you just said was absolutely the number one mistake I see new speakers making, which or people who are trying to build their business with speaking, which is trying to be all to all. And right. just like, you know, you've got to have a niche in your business. If you're using speaking to build your business, and let's say you're um, a financial advisor who specializes in, let's say you specialize in um, like people who are 40 and really getting their, um, getting their investments built up and really juicy and boosted. Well, if all of a sudden you're getting all these requests to go talk to 70-year-olds and people who are at the end of their retirement and they're asking you to create a talk about how to stretch your final dollars out, that's not going to serve you. You know, that's not going to serve your audience either because right. now you're out there talking about something you don't really, you're not an expert in. So you nailed it. Absolutely. The number one thing you can do is be crystal clear about what you offer and what your talk is. And you can customize it slightly um, to, you know, use some language from the industry or things of that nature or use relevant examples. But man, once you create your signature talk, that's your talk. And I'm telling you what, if you stick to that, you know, it's the it's like the honey that attracts just the sweetest little people and bees and all the little insects it attracts because when you're so crystal clear on your message, people can't help but be attracted to that. Right. And when you have the right kind of curiosity and when you use curiosity as a tool rather than just a random information gathering mechanism, you can find the anchors that will match your message to whatever audience you're in front of. I can do that very easily. Like if I'm going to be speaking in front of a room, um, I will spend some time in the room where I'll get to know some of the people before I get up on stage. And that will give me plenty that I can get up on stage and I can anchor back and forth. If I'm going to be on somebody's webinar, I'll check out their website. I'll look at their community. I'll look at their social media and I'll see what some of the, kind of some of the hot buttons are and I'll link back to those. Uh, one of the beauties, uh, beautiful parts of social media today and this is just brilliant if you are in sales or you're in marketing or you're doing anything that involves persuasion, is if there is somebody you want to persuade, somebody you want to convert, somebody who you want to align with, it is so easy to Google them and just find out what they're up to and do what I like to call creating coincidences. You can find out what their interests are, what their passions are, and as you're just having a regular, ordinary conversation with them, it just so happens that you and them have seem to have so much in common. 
I love that, creating coincidences. Yes, creating (laughs) coincidences. I could tell stories about this all day long, and maybe someday uh, somebody will grace me with the opportunity to get on their podcast just to allow me to talk about creating coincidences, because it's one of these things that uh, I could charge a lot of money to teach people, although it's something that's really kind of right in front of their faces. They just need a guide to help them get there. But it's so easy to create coincidences, whether in business, relationships, uh, dating and romance, anything you want. You can create the coincidences just by having the right type of curiosity and inquisitiveness. Yeah, I love that. And you can do it, too, in speaking. And that's what it really is all about, being laser sharp with your message, um, you know, tying it in to your audience, obviously, but not varying from the message that you have, you know, and really lining it up with what your offer is. So that it's a natural and easy flow down into that offer. Right, right, right. Well, before we talk about the good stuff, you kind of touched on some of the bad stuff. So uh, we were going to talk about three big mistakes you see speakers make that kill their events right from the start. And the very first one, just to recap, is trying to be all things to all people and think that you have to customize your talk for every single audience you're in front of. Yeah, that's that's certainly that's actually um, not a mistake that kills you right from the start, but that is just kind of in general a major mistake. I have three um, mistakes that kills a kills a talk right from the start, so we'll we'll call it four mistakes. So I like that. I'm going to add that in there. There you go. Um, I just made your presentation bigger. You're welcome. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So you know, I love this question because there really are some common mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make, um, and you know, the thing of it is, when you avoid these mistakes. What that means for you is it means filling your talks with ideal clients and it means being able to invite them into taking that next step with you, which means you getting new clients and making new sales. Right. So the first mistake is speaking in front of the wrong audience. So going back to what we just talked about, a lot of times you'll get an invitation to talk and you just think, oh, I'm just going to go talk to that audience but if it's not filled with your ideal clients I say turn it down because going back to what you said earlier most entrepreneurs are short on time and money so if you're in a room for 60 minutes or longer talking to the wrong audience that's just isn't of service to anyone right right? so you want to be in front of your absolutely dialed in soulmate audience And, you know, that's one of the things that is really just such an important thing. And having the, oh, how do I want to say this? Having the internal um, ability to turn down an opportunity that's the wrong opportunity. Right. You know, so if someone asks you to do a talk and you know clearly it's the wrong audience, just having the internal strength to say, you know what? Thank you so much. I really am honored, but um, I'm not able to do that at this time. And that's just as easy as that. So the first mistake, don't get in front of the wrong audience. Now, um, if you're wondering right now, well, where the heck is my ideal audience? Like some of you might be scratching your head thinking, where are they? You know, you want to think about where a whole bunch of your clients are hanging out in groups that meet up regularly. So, you know, think about associations, trade associations, groups. Um, These things can be easily Googled. And in fact, in America, there's over 1.7 million different associations. 
So I invite you to go out and Google some keywords. You know, Google some keywords plus associations, and I guarantee you, you'll find something in your industry, in your niche, that you can go out and book some talks and get in front of your ideal clients. That's fantastic. All right. So the second mistake is having the wrong marketing and especially having the wrong title of your talk. So your, the title of your talk is what will attract your ideal clients like bees to honey, or it will push clients away and let them know that it's not really important for them to show up. And you've absolutely got to have a compelling talk title that gets right to the main pain point your clients are having. And that literally screams to them, you absolutely can't miss this event. You know, when you, I see it so many times, especially in my old industry health coaching, I'd see a talk title, Nutrition 101 or Getting Healthy 101. And that just doesn't grab you at all, right? That's like, oh, okay, I can, I can totally take a pass on that. But if someone said, you know, if you had a title like Tame Your Sugar Tiger or Curb Your Sugar Cravings and Beat Them for Good, you know, that's a different title that tells people with sugar cravings they can't miss this training. Right, right. And the third mistake is one I see entrepreneurs making all the time, which is not having a compelling offer that directly links to what you talked about or worse yet, not having an offer at all. So what I see a lot is um, people that come to me often come to me and they're in this predicament. They say, Alyssa, I've been giving talks, but I'm not getting any clients from it, and I just don't get why. And usually they're making the first two mistakes that we talked about, but this last one, oh, man, this is the one that really breaks them, is that they're making an offer that has nothing to do with the talk they just gave. So it's come, it feels to the audience like it's coming out of left field. And that's if they're making an offer in the first place. What I most often see is people not really making an offer at all or sort of what I call half making an offer. It doesn't feel really good. It doesn't feel very solid. And it leaves the audience not exactly knowing what the next step is. And that's not good for you and it's not good for them. Because the fact is, is that when you get done speaking to a group, your audience is like, yeah, they're fired up. And they want to know how to take things deeper with you. They want to know what more they can do. So when you leave it on the table or you don't, give your full offer or you kind of half do your offer, that really leaves people with this kind of bad taste in their mouth. So those are the three main mistakes I see people making out there today when it comes to using speaking to get clients. Yeah, and I think those, again, cross between all the different platforms we can speak on, whether it's a stage, a webinar, a hangout, a podcast, or whatever it is. These are all forms of public speaking. And going along with your third mistake, this is something similar to it. And and this is something I've learned as I've applied persuasion techniques to copywriting is when you become too specific about what you're saying or what your message is. And you do not leave any room whatsoever for the person to assign their own meaning to your message. They are more likely to reject it because it's less likely to fit. Mm-hmm. 
that sounds counterintuitive because we're taught be specific, use bullet points, spell it out exactly. And we get in conversation threads on social media where people exclaim their hatred of long sales copy and say, I just want to know what's in it, how much, and and how do I get it? Meanwhile, if somebody takes the what's in it, how much, and how do I get it, they are likely to decrease their website and sales conversions because they are not leaving room for people to assign their own meaning to the value. That's something I like to highlight whenever somebody brings up any level of specificity in what they're teaching. So I just wanted to mention that as well. So how do you package and promote your message in a way that converts to leads, clients, and cash? And if you can, Alyssa, if you can, uh, if you could address your impressions on whether or not you think the pitch fest is still alive and well, or if we've truly moved beyond that model. Mm, Well, I'll address that first and then I'll move into the question. So I think there are people who still use the pitch fest, but for me, I think it's dying. I think for me, it gives me the heebie jeebies. I absolutely hate the (laughs) pitch fest. Right. Um, And I, you know, one of the things I believe in is being of highest service and providing a lot of value to your clients, you know, and that means sometimes getting out in front of them a couple of times before they buy from you, but just really delivering high, high value and um, the pitch fest, you know, the screaming sales letters and the buy now, buy now. I'm not a fan of that at all. I'm a soft sell, although I've been in sales for all of my life and, you know, I'm good at selling, I tend to be more of a soft sell because I like a soft sell. I absolutely hate it when someone is pitch festing at me. And usually what that means when you're in a pitch fest is that the person isn't, you're not in a conversation. You're not having a rapport and a dialogue. When you're feeling that as a client, it means that that person is out of rapport with you. So, you know, the number one thing you can do is be in rapport with your audience, whether you're on a podcast, whether you're on a webinar, whether you're in person, your goal is to be in rapport with your audience. And that means just really calming yourself down, centering yourself, but having excitement, It means really allowing some space for questions if that's applicable and creating um, a lot of value in your talk. I usually go for the 90-10 model, which is 90% content, over-deliver if you have to, and then 10% here's my offer. Right. As opposed to the... Uh, 90%, here's my offer, and I'm going to tease, tease, tease you with content, but never really give you anything, and then 10% of the time, you little bit of content. Right. Right, right, precisely. Now, uh, what I'd like to mention, uh, what I'd like to ask next is, uh, what happens when you find yourself in a place where no selling is allowed? And I'd like to bring this up specifically because in the reaction we're seeing to the pitch fest is we have events where they put in a strict no selling role. But yet, what are you doing there? Are you doing there to pass the time? You're doing there to grow your business. We see this a lot in podcasts. And this is a conversation I have a lot with my clients in particular, where they want to make offers on podcasts. And from what I'm seeing anyway, the climate when it comes to podcasts is 
client when it comes to podcasts is we really don't want people pitching. We want this to be all fun and ed- you know fun and educational. Yeah. Okay. So I love this question because uh, there's first of all you've got a lot of options when you can't do any selling. So your first option, by the way, is to talk with the host of the event and ask them if you can invite people to a strategy session, if that is your business model. So if you're the kind of business that has a sort of a free consultation, you can ask the host of the event, hey, I know you don't want me to pitch. Can I, however, invite people into a free consultation? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. So you've got to be prepared, but at least ask the question. Right. You've got to absolutely ask the question. Um, so that's one way to go. The second way to go is I get that a lot of hosts now are wanting to bring in presenters and not have it be a pitch fest because that day is sort of dying. But, you know, I really do believe that some of these, um, some of these presentations can be really great for you, the presenter, as long as you do something, which is build your list while you're there. So for me, if someone said, Alyssa, I've got a great speaking opportunity for you. It's in front of a 1,000 people, but you can't sell anything. I would ask, can I give away a free gift and, get, and capture people's email addresses? And if the answer is yes, I'll absolutely expect, accept the speaking engagement. And if the answer is no, I'm going to have to really consider it. I might ask to be paid as a keynote instead. I'm certainly not going to do it as a free talk, you know? Right. So, <laughs> right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to be paid for that talk. It's not worth my time as a speaker to come out necessarily and speak for free and not collect email addresses and not be able to interact later with that audience. Um, so for me, uh, you know, that's how I would approach it. Now, there is a strategy that you can use in the back of the room, and I've seen this work really, really well. So let's say you're not allowed to pitch. You go to an event, and maybe you're not allowed to give away a free gift either. You can have a strategy. It's a sign-up form for a consultation on the side where you can be taking questions and, you know, you're taking a lot of questions from people and then um, as each one comes up they have a question, you hear their question and you say, hey, I can see that you've got some more questions. If you'd like to, you can sign up for a strategy session with me um, and here's how to do that or get on my email list and here's how to do that. So it's kind of a side component of getting people on your email list. Right. That's what I'd have to say about, you know, taking these talks that, that don't allow you to pitch. Does that make sense all that I laid out there? I know I went over a lot. Those are some great strategies and uh, something that I do that's kind of related to this is I like to think beyond the room in front of me. So I'm not just looking to convert that room. I'm thinking about who's in the room, what are some of the opportunities in front of me, and how can I access these opportunities Right now, there may be people in the room who are in a position to book me to speak at their events. So I may get additional events and additional opportunities based on what I see in the room right now. So if that's the case, I want to show those people that I have the presentation skills that will benefit their community and their audience. That's just one thing. Uh, if, I, if I am in front of an audience where there are potentially people who will let me pitch to their audiences, but I can't pitch in front of that audience, here's... What I've done uh, several times, it's worked very effectively. Uh, I have some offers that I can give away for free, right, Uh, where I don't actually charge money for them. But what I'll do is 
um, and I'll usually clear this with my host first just to make sure it's okay, is I'll do my pitch anyway. And I'll even go so far as to have the assistant come and hand out the order forms and everything else. But when they get the order forms, it's going to look like just like any of those other order forms that you see at events. But I add one thing where I add the where I ask the person to pick the price they want to pay. And the choices are things like zero, zilch, the big goose egg, nada, de nada, el fribo. So they get to choose some variation of free. But it gives me the opportunity to show people I know how to do the sales stack. I love that. That's so, yeah. actually a strategy that we do in Get Clients with Speaking as well. Just right. that, pat, you know, pitch your pitch, you know, give away your gift, but don't charge for it. Just give it for free. That's great. Right. I, I, we don't, that, that's great though. I might have to steal that. Pick your prize, zero to zero, nada. I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, I, um, I, I, I give partial credit to that to Eli Delaney of Your Marketing University. He introduced me to that originally, and I'm always happy to give Eli credit where it's due. And where he discovered it is he had prepared a pitch for a speaking engagement. And then he found out when he got there that, oh, no, there's no pitching here. But meanwhile, he had built a presentation that was based around pitching. So what he did is he turned his order form into a list building opportunity where he still did the pitch. He still handed out the order forms. And I think his offer was like $297 or something like that. So when it came to that point, and you know how sometimes the presenter will have you cross out the price and write in the real price if you run to the back of the room right now. He had them cross yeah. out the 297 and write zero. Yeah. And uh, and he cleared that with the people who were hosting the event because uh, he recognized that uh, you know, he needed a different type of presentation. They were okay with that. So my suggestion is before you use that strategy, of course, run that by your hosts because some may understand what you're doing and say, oh, that's cool. You want to show people what you can do on a stage. That's awesome. We want to support you in that. And some may say, well, we really don't even want the, the scent of selling here. So could you please not? And I found that, you know, really, every time I brought this question to my host, it's kind of gone about 50-50. So I suggest that this is one of those areas where you seek permission first rather than forgiveness later. But if you get that permission, it can be very powerful. Man, oh, man, never truer words have been said than that. It's one of those things where you, I believe, the more pre-work you do going into your talk, the better things are going to go for you. So asking, can I make a pitch? If not, what will you allow me to give away a free gift? You know, if not, will you allow me to collect, you know, email addresses? Will you allow me to give a free strategy session away? You know, and really hammering that out because ultimately, if you don't ask, you don't get, but there's nothing worse than upsetting your host. That's the last thing you want to do because most of the talks that I get are one, repeat business, and two, a referral from the host. Right. So, you know, you really want to just smooth that and pave the ways. And one of the things I do in my academy is I have a little checklist that you can go, a pre-event checklist, so that you can run down and just make sure you've gotten all these little boxes covered and the areas covered so that things are smooth sailing for you when you get there. Right. That's outstanding. And I, and I think you're saying from the speaker's perspective, you give your host a checklist so that uh, you make sure you get all those questions answered. No, actually, it's a checklist for the speaker oh, okay. so that you ask all the right questions so that there's no surprises because this is one of the things I see happen to a lot of speakers is they don't ask the questions and then they get to the event and it turns out they can't make an offer and they don't have an extra handout already made out, you know, and it's got pricing all over it and that looks really bad. So then they end up not making an offer at all. 
You know, so it's just the more information you got going in as a speaker, the better off things are going to be, the smoother your presentation is going to go, and the less you're going to have to worry about so you'll be more connected to your audience. Right, 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 right. So again, what I really want to emphasize here is the worst question you can ask about what you can do in terms of your presentation is the one you don't ask. What if you show up thinking it's a sales-free zone, but meanwhile, they're perfectly happy for you to pitch? Then what? (laughs) You just left money on the table. So why not just find out? And any host who's got the most, so to speak, will understand completely that you just want to do the best possible service you can to them and will appreciate you asking these questions because they'll interpret that as you wanting to just give a fantastic presentation that will really make their their event amazing. You know what? That is absolutely right. And I'll tell you that, by the way, these questions hosts are really used to getting. It's yes. not like they've never heard the question before. They're used to it. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I love that you said, if you don't ask the question, you just don't know. So ask, what can I, what can I offer at this event? And, you know, here's how I put it. When I am making, when I'm making that call to my host, I'll say, hey, you know, in my talk, I like to offer a couple of resources to your audience. One's going to be a free resource and that they they can sign up and they'll get on my email list, and one's going to be a paid offer. Is it okay with you if I offer both of those resources? Right. And they'll say yes or no. But when I I call it a resource, I don't say, hey, can I make an offer to your crowd? When I call it a resource and then I'll be offering some resources for their audience, it seems like they're more receptive to it in general as well. Right, precisely, precisely. So, Alyssa, do you have a special formula for using speaking to generate the clients and cash consistently? Is there something we can do with our presentation, something we can do with our strategy to make sure this happens consistently? Yes, there's there's both. And while we don't have all the time in the world here today, I'm going to share with you the overarching strategy to use for speaking as a business because there is a strategy to create a signature talk that works and there's a strategy to um, you know have speaking as a part of your business so the first step is deciding on your profit plan so there's many different ways to use speaking to get clients and cash flowing in but you've got to make a few decisions about how you're going to do it so that you can remain focused So you might be the kind of business that have a product and you're going to use speaking to sell that product. And you might be the kind of business that uses speaking to um, position a group program and a product. So you've really got to decide what am I going to sell people into or invite people into and what am I going to sell them into after that, right? You've got to design this kind of where you're leading them funnel. So that's the first piece. Next, you want to... Have a clear strategy to get yourself booked and get out there with speaking because the thing of it is is that you can have the greatest signature talk in the world, but if you don't know how to go out there and get booked as a speaker, doesn't matter how great your talk is. You've got to have a really clear strategy, make time in your calendar, go out, get booked, have a really nice pitch letter, have a, a nice, easy conversation that you can make, know how to talk to decision makers out there. And then the next thing you want to have is an easy strategy to fill the room. You know, there's many things you can do to make sure your room is filled when you speak, 
And we talked about one of them already, which is having a compelling title that will naturally attract your audience. But, you know, there's other things that you can do too. And you want to make it as easy. If, you, if you're not filling your own events, let's say you're speaking at hosted events, there's things you can do to make it really easy on your host so that they can attract a lot of people for you. One of those is having an attractive flyer that they can send out and some compelling copy for them to include in their communications. So you want to be able to just make that marketing piece as easily as possible. Right. And then you want to really design and craft a signature talk that converts. You know, you want to have a free gift that's absolutely lined up so that your talk and your free gift are so juicy that people in that talk, you'll get 100 to 95% conversion of the group, meaning you'll get 100 to 95% of people there to sign up for your email list right. with that free gift. Right. And having a talk that's really built in a way that feels so good to you to give. You know, if that talk doesn't feel good, then you're not going to want to go out and give it. So you want a talk that is like 90% content, 10% selling, and just feels so juicy and delicious to the audience. And then lastly, what you want is a follow-up plan. This is where many people fall down. They go out, they get booked, which is half the battle, and then they go out and they give their talk and it's great. And then they get people to sign up for their free gifts and they get them on their list. But there's no follow-up communication plan. It's like crickets out there. <laughs> right? Oh, my God, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. So you want to have a nice follow-up plan that is guiding people into that next thing. So, you know, for example, I'm a coach, so I kind of always go back to coaching. If you're asking people to get a strategy session with you, I've seen people give a great talk and sign, you know, 500 people up to their list, and then it's crickets for the next two months, and then they're asking them if they want to do a strategy session. Well, no one's really thinking about it then. And it's the yeah. same when, people, when someone signs up for your free gift on your email list. You should be asking them within a couple of days if they want to sign up for a strategy session with you because that's when they're in their highest pain point. They've just gotten out of your talk, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, she was so right. That's exactly what I need then you want to offer them that thing that's going to help get them out of pain pretty quickly. You don't want to bedraggle it on forever. So it's having all of those things that we talked about, a strategy to a profit plan strategy, a getting book strategy, a marketing strategy, a strategy around your signature talk, but then the follow-up strategy. And honestly, that's where a lot of the money is at right now is people need to know, like, and trust you. And current stats are saying that people need to hear from you between five and nine times before they purchase from you. Right. And, you know, for those who are listening who think that that's exaggerated, well, we've discovered this with, uh, with managing product launches too. I've had clients feedback to me saying, well, I have a relationship with my list. I send them a newsletter every week and they all know me and I have a 30-year reputation. You mean I really have to send daily emails and do a pre-launch and a build-up and scarcity and tease them and titillate them and all that? And I said, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Need, they, need to, they need to hear those messages. You may have a great reputation and they may have been on your list for a long time. That's 
only the first step. That doesn't mean that they're just dying to do business with you and hoping that you randomly announce you have a course available for sale. It just doesn't work that way. That's right. It doesn't. And, you know, the other piece of it is, too, that I see people doing that I think hurts a little bit is they, they do just the selling piece in their follow-up communication rather than lots of high-value content. Right. So for me, it's with every piece of communication that goes out, it's high-value content. Here's some high-value content that you can use right now, today, in your business. And if you want to take it further, here's something you can do. But that's kind of a side note. You know, it's sort of besides the point. And I do that. And when I'm not in an active selling cycle, um, of course, when you're in an active selling cycle, you do sell things a little bit more aggressively. Right. But if you focus on, I find for business owners, if you focus on being of service and providing high value content, you know, content is the new currency. That's the fact out there. Yes. And so if you can just focus on providing high value content to people, they're going to fall in love with you. I was just re, uh, listening to this wonderful new book that I'm reading, um, and I'll tell you the name in a minute when I think of it, actually. (laughs) Uh, But the book um, was talking about how people are more likely to do business with someone that they know, like, and trust, even if their product is inferior and costs more. Yes, that's true. We're so worried about oh, I have to have the perfect product. No, you don't have to have the perfect product. You have to have the great relationship. Yeah, and what, was, what struck me is it's like the even if part. So even if you're higher priced, even if your product's inferior, the study that I was reading about said that people are more likely to buy from you if they know, like, and trust you. And so for me, you know, again, speaking is a way for you to really let your audience know, like, and trust you. And then when you implement with that follow-up plan of solid communication and little nuggets of useful information, it's just that way for them to fall in love with you and know, like, and trust you. Right, right. See, see, that's the thing. And I see this with product creation very frequently is they'll worry about, well, I have to have you know, like this level of sound quality and I need to make sure that I'm exactly this amount of time and I have to have this kind of content in my slides. I need to make sure I produce at least five case studies and I have to do this and that and everything, so on and so forth. And I have to have the perfect membership site. And in the end, uh, when it really comes down to it, they either know, like, and trust you or they don't. Exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and, and this is something that I say when I coach and consult with people, and I see them, you know, just del- I don't know if it's deliberately or whether it's uh, fear of moving forward, but they'll get stuck on the two percent, not even the twenty percent, on the wrong side of Pareto's law, but the two percent, like. I can't launch my membership site until I make this little tiny gadget work. And every time I ask this question, people get offended at me. And they tell me that how could I ever say such a thing and how could I be so mean? And then I just sit back and I wait and I say, okay, well, they'll go and they'll and they'll cuss and MF me and they'll get over it. And then six months from now when they're introducing me on their stage, once they book me, they'll use that as an example of why they booked me because they realized I was right. Um, I'll say... Okay, so before you allow your brilliance to be held back from your audience any further by this little thing, could you please, just pretty please, provide a list, names, emails, and phone numbers of all the people who said that they will not invest in you unless you make this one plug-in work? 
<laughs> uh, that question always comes across the wrong way, and it always gets people mad, and that's good because that's something that's very important. They need to see that in the end, their audience doesn't really care about your APIs or your seven different developers who came up with this highly custom thing. When it comes to a membership site, they want to log in and get their stuff. Yes. That, that's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, I know, I know somebody who's in the um, dating and relationships field uh, based in the United Kingdom, and I uh, got a pass to her membership site recently, and this is a plain white membership site, and in the upper right-hand corner, it says courses. Click it. Then it gives the name of the courses. Click it, and then it has video one, video two, video three, video four, video five. You just click each one and watch each video. That's the whole site. No bells and whistles, no fancy language, no nothing. A simple delivery tool. And wouldn't you know that her retention rate on her monthly membership program, uh, I, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but uh, when I spoke with her marketing person, I was told it's over a year, which is phenomenal when it comes to types of those, those types of programs. Yeah, Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, because in the end, they don't care how her membership site is set up. They want to log in and get the videos they were promised. They invest in her because of their relationship with her and their trust in her as someone who teaches these skills in a way that they can master and use themselves with success. End of story. Yeah. And she also grows her business largely through public speaking. In fact, that's how I connected with her originally because she spoke at one of my clients' events. Nice. Right. Yeah, so I just want to emphasize that again. And again, it comes down to know, like, and trust. Now, Alyssa, we have about 10 minutes left here, and I do want to give you the stage for a couple minutes at the end here, obviously. But uh, tell me, uh, somebody's listening to the Business Creators Radio Show right now, and they've heard everything you've had to share with us, and they're saying, wow, this Alyssa Rushton knows a thing or two. Uh, she's given me a lot of stuff that I can take and I can implement to begin becoming a client magnet through speaking. Now, what's the one thing that they can do right now to get into action with this? Well, you know, I'm really big on inspired action. So here's one thing that you could do right now, today, to get started creating that signature talk if you don't already have one or refining the one that you have. So I'm going to give out a URL, and this is um, a little cheat sheet that you can follow along. So you can print this out, follow, fill it out. And the URL is getclientswithspeaking.com forward slash generator. So that's getclientswithspeaking.com forward slash generator. And download this handout. And so I want to just ask you the following questions. Because these questions, if you can answer these questions, you have the frame to your talk. So the first question is, what's the biggest pain point your audience has? So what's the biggest thing that's keeping them up at night, that's driving them crazy that they wish they could solve? Take a moment, write that down. And then what mistakes do people in your target market usually make in relationship to their pain point? So for example, today you're listening to this and I told you some of the biggest mistakes business owners make when it comes to doing talks. And you know what? If you avoided those mistakes, man, oh, man, you would be so much further along than I was, you know, spending the year and a half that I spent out there giving all these random talks to random people because <laughs> uh, I was, thought I was good at it. Okay, so what's, what's the biggest mistakes that they usually make? And then 
what results or transformation are they looking for? So usually my clients come to me, they want to make more clients and they want to make more money at the end of the day. And I know that when we implement the strategies that I have to share with them, that they do exactly that. So what transformation or results do they want? And then what's the first baby step that they must take to move forward? So what's right. the very first thing? And then you want to think a couple steps beyond that. And usually those are the first three key points you want to make in your talk. And those are the content points. Right. And lastly, what actions you want them to take after listening to your talk. So once you're clear on this, you'll be able to make some sort of an offer. So do you want to invite them into a group coaching program? Do you want to sell them a product? Do you want to um, have them sign up on your list? Do you want to have them sign up on your list and sell them a product? Do you want to um, get them into a VIP day? What is it? What's the one action you want them to take? Because people aren't great at taking multiple actions. Right. You've got to be really specific here. Right. That's, all, that's also very true, too. And I see this. I just want to highlight that one thing. When folks are developing offers or they're developing products or sales pages and they want to do um, and they create an offer and then next thing you know there's like three different levels to the offer with <laughs> three different payment plans or what have you. Um, I remember one time um, I had a this is going back um, we're going to go back like 10 years and this uh, person came to me with this idea of how they had been coached to create their irresistible offer and I knew the coach who they were working with is the best part. I knew that coach because that person was also doing coaching with me. So I already saw through this one. They gave me this thing that had 25 different levels of cross-sell and upsell and multiple levels and modules all placed at the wrong time. And I said, uh, I said, number one, so-and-so did not coach you to do this because this is not an, an this is not an irresistible offer. This is an inscrutable offer. And uh, you will not succeed with this at all. You need to pick one of these or we can't yeah. help you. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, what we ultimately ended up doing is we ended up uh, creating two separate offers, completely separate, and then having them cross-sell each other at the pre-sale upsell stage. Yes. And they got some pretty good conversions on pre-sale upsells when he used the two different offers in front of two different audiences, which really, Alyssa, is kind of what you're talking about, which is understanding your audience and have a couple of presentations and a couple of offers ready to go without having to create anything custom. So you have a few different opportunities. Uh, you know, just like you know me, when I have an opportunity to speak somewhere, I'll find out who the audience is, what they're after, where my unique contribution to the program is going to be. And based on that, I don't say, well, I have three levels and you know, I'm going to give you this sheet and I want you to think about this carefully. I'm going to say, oh, oh, I know which one you need. And I'll just show them the one I think that they need. And I can't remember the last time they questioned it. They just said, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. You've got to make it simple for people. People don't read anymore. I was listening to um, something the other day and a BBC did a study and they said that you know, the Internet has made it so that we now, as human beings, have the attention span of rats, which yes. is nine seconds. Correct. That is <laughs> so very you've correct. you've got to make it so easy and so simple for people. That's just such an easy yes. That's like, okay, no-brainer. I can commit to this or I can do that. It's one thing. They don't have a ton of choices. And just keep it simple, you know? 
Right. Precisely. Precisely. So what I love about you, Alyssa, is that uh, I asked you to identify one thing our listeners can do right now today to get into action with this. Not only did you give us like four, but you answered my following question. So you actually answered not only that question by giving us four times what we were looking for, but you answered the question I was going to ask after that. Which is oh, okay. really, really well, good. So what I'd like to do here is, um, you, know, you mentioned a, a great free gift you're going to offer to folks. Could you just spell out the URL for that one more time? Yes. Okay. So it's getclientswithspeaking.com forward slash generator. Okay. Get speaking, uh, getclientswithspeaking.com forward slash generator. Did I get that right? You got it right. GetClientsWithSpeaking.com forward slash generator will give you that um, signature talk generator that will show you how to generate your signature talk. It will break down all the components of a signature talk and get you brainstorming about the questions that you, um, you know, those questions that we went through together. Nice. Nice, nice. I, I love it. So, And I also want to remind all of our listeners that our guest expert profiles, such as Alyssa Rushton, all have, they all have profiles on businesscreatorsradioshow.com. So you can check those out and you can see all the episodes that are attached. That's also for everybody who's listening to this through the iTunes podcast as well. Just come back to businesscreatorsradioshow.com and you'll see um, Alyssa's profiles. You can connect with that link and you can also check out her social media profiles as well and learn more about what she does. So if you could just take, I mean, because we only have a couple minutes here, if you could just take 30 seconds and tell us what it is you do for business creators, I think that'd be helpful in helping people make their decisions to work to work with you as well. Oh, thank you so much. Well, first let me say it's been so much fun to have me on the show. I've just loved every moment of it. So thank you. And really, I work with those heart-centered entrepreneurs and mostly coaches um, to help them create, package, promote, and deliver their message and expertise so that they can get clients lining up to work with them and really take their profits to that next level. So that's what I do. I do it in a variety of different ways. Um, but you can always, you know, head up the website and, and check out the work with me tab and you can see the different programs that I do, but I'd love to connect with you personally. You can go to magneticmessengersacademy.com and, uh, just check out the site and take a poke around and, uh, you can book a session or, you know, just, uh, look at some of the podcasts and vlogs that we do there. So I'd love to connect with you personally. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, Once again, everybody, I want to thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, This has been Alyssa Rushton uh, showing us how to become a client magnet and how to get clients in cash with speaking. So, Alyssa, thank you once again for gracing us with your presence on the Business Creators Radio Show. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. It's been such a blast. Yeah, and and we know the public speaking and how to convert people through speaking, whether it's on the stage or on the webinar, the hangout, the podcast. is a very hot topic for our listeners. So we know that this will be a very great episode for everybody to listen to. And please take advantage of the opportunities in front of you right now. So once again, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.